Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello NRL fans, welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host Matt Namofsky and welcome back to another Teamless Tuesday for Round 10 Magic Round. We've got another newbie coming in off reserve grade to come into the first grade side. We've got Ryan here, mate. Ryan, how are you? Good. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thank you for having me on. No, no worries, mate. A pleasure. Uh, we normally have a talk, you know, slide in each other's DMs and talk trades and talk super coach. So I'm sure this will be exactly the same. And we've got, a, we've got a good round, obviously, magic round up in Brisbane every game in Suncorp. So we'll get straight into it, mate. We've got the first game up, the first Friday game, as the West Tigers hosting the Newcastle Knights. For the Tigers, Madge Maguire continues to swing the axe and change up the team to try and find a bit of form. So form 5'8", Adam Dewey moves into the centres, with Moses Mbai moving from the bench to 5'8". Jacob Little wins back his starting dummy half role. And Jake, Jim, Jake Simpkin is dropped to the extended bench. Sean Blord, popular cheapie before the season starts on the bench, along with halfback Jock Madden, with uh, young prop Stefano Oitikamanu moved to the reserves. Tommy Talao also returns from suspension. That moves Zach Sini, the young winger on debut that uh, had a horror second game. He moves out of the side altogether. And for the Knights, they've retained Braden Musgrove and Stafford Toa. So Edric Lee and Hommel Hunt are at least a week away there. And Mitch Barnett plays his 100th game for the Knights. So Ryan, this one here, mate, we've got the Knights that are looking to kind of string together a couple of wins with the Tigers trying to round in a bit of form after a couple of disappointing losses. How do you see this one going, mate? Well, um, first thing off the bat is I think um, Knights are going to win this. Um, I think it will be closer than what we uh, think. It won't be like a smashing, but I think the Knights have this in the bag. Um, first reaction to the team was, what is Madge doing with yeah. um, Adam Dewey? Yeah. You know, he's probably the most consistent player you have in the Tigers team, and he's playing the best out of everyone. And you're going to move him out of the, like such an influential position in the 5'8 spot. And to put Moses M by there, it's just, I'm just wondering why. And it's still, I still can't figure out, you know, it doesn't make sense to me to put him in centers. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think the Knights Knights have got this one. Yeah, it's such it's such a good point. You know, I've had all the different guys, and I've had Pat, and I've had Chris, Nomis, and we keep coming back to you know these these team lists when Madge announces them, and you kind of just scratch your head. You know, like you said, Adam Dewey, easily the form player of this Tiger side, really found a home in the number six jersey, controlling it next to Luke Brooks, and actually making Luke Brooks look very good. You know, and all these swinging changes. You know, named about eight changes there, but Luke Brooks is still in the seven jersey. It's, you know, it's, you've got to scratch your head. You know, Jock Madden is on the bench. So there is a chance in this game, you know, if Luke, Luke Brooks doesn't play to form, Jock Madden might come in and play a bit of seven. But I'm totally with you there. You know, Newcastle Knights, especially with Caelan Ponga, you know, they should roll over here. Their four pack is a lot better now that Fitzgibbon is back. They're up to full strength in their forwards. What do you think about, obviously, Kurt Mann and Phoenix Crossland as the halves there? There's no uh, Green and Pierce that there was in the, in the start of the season, but they're starting around in a bit of form this Newcastle side. They've got a very good win that they needed to get under their belt. For them moving forward, how do you see them moving? Do you think it's going to be really up to Kalen to carry this team, or are you seeing a couple of players in this Newcastle team that might be able to come in and, you know, string a couple of performances together? Um, to be honest, I think right now they're just, you know, relying on Kalen Ponga a lot. Mm. Um, you know, everyone else is sort of doing their job and just going through the motions, but... I think they're really missing um, Pierce. Um, his combination with Kalen Ponga is, is quite important to the Knights team and everyone plays well around them. Like they have a good forward pack, you know, they're doing their job, but I think they're just missing Pierce in that seven um, to, you know, give everyone that confidence around to, you know, that extra edge. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I like having Connor Watson back on the bench as a bit of impact coming into the team. So that will, you know, if the man and Crossland combination isn't really working after 30 minutes, you can bring on Watson and, you know, play that roaming 13 and kind of third playmaker role. So I do like that. And when you just look at the matchups on the park here, you know, Moses and Brian Luke Brooks versus Phoenix Crossland and Kurt Mann, there's not that much of a difference in my opinion. So then that kind of cancels each other out. You look at the fullbacks, Dane Laurie, obviously having a great rookie season, but a guy like Kalen Ponga, you know, there's no match there. And then with the forwards, you know, Tamau, uh, Tamau, Twal, Ghana, 
often in Galway versus a Clemmer, Saifidi, Frizzell and Barnett. To me, I think, like you said, I don't think it's going to be a thrashing like everyone does predict in this game. I do think, you know, it could be within that Knights 1-13 to 13 type of range. Uh, but Knights shouldn't be troubled in this one if they are going to be the real deal and, you know, pushing for a top eight spot later in the season there. Yep, I agree with everything. All right, perfect. We'll move on to the second game on Friday. It's the Manly Seagulls hosting the Brisbane Broncos. For the Seagulls, uh, Taniela Paseca has been named after suffering a HIA. We've also got Marty Tapao coming back in uh, directly into the front row, so he will make his return from his head knock. So Sean Kepi moves back to the bench, and Zach Sadler moves back onto the extendeds. Jorge Tafua moves out altogether, so it looks like he has returned from his injury, but he cannot crack this side right now. Curtis Sirinan's at least a week away from his knee injury. And obviously, Tom Turbo has been flying since he's come back in. For the Broncos, Tom Flegler moves into the 13 role after Pat Carrigan had a ACL season-ending injury. So that moves John Asiata back into the reserves. Uh, you've got Brendan Picaro, who's the highly touted back rower. Uh, he looks like he's going to be amongst the reserve waiting for his uh, chance to make his uh, debut here. And we've also got David Mead, who replaces uh, Dale Copley on the extendeds. So with this one here, uh, Ryan, obviously Manly's going to be heavy favourites coming in here. We saw what Turbo has done this season, especially against some of the lower sides. And just obviously from a super coach perspective, I had a look here. Brisbane are letting in at least eight, an average of 85 points to opposing fullbacks. So it looks like this could definitely be the Tom Turbo show again. Is there anything else that could potentially happen in this game? Or do you think it's going to be Manly out and out with Turbo starring again? Okay, I think... Uh, Manly are going to absolutely pump the Broncos. But mm. just a couple of weeks ago, we had um, the Panthers come up to Suncorp, I think. And, you know, everyone expected like a, a massacre, some sort of, you know, absolute pile on points. But actually, I think they kept in, you know, quite close to um, Panthers throughout the whole game and they just got away at the end. But, you know, that could happen, you know, magic round, you know, big crowd. It could. And, you know, with the Broncos playing, you know, getting better and better every week, it could be a possibility. But, I think everyone's just going to lean on, you know, Seagulls. Um, their forward pack is, you know, looking very good, I think. Like Paseca and Tapao, both of them big bodies. And then off the bench, you have Sean Kepi, who played really well last week, I think. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing with Moses Suli. Um, he, he, he didn't get on the field at all last week, actually. Mm. But um, even then, they played really well. And then obviously Turbo in the back. Um, for me, I think... Jermaine Sarko, they might, you know, he's not that best in defensive um, skills or the fullback. So, you know, I think, you know, Tommy Turbo might absolutely, you know, destroy them just because, you know, the lack of uh, organization from the back. Yeah, all tremendous points. I think, yeah, that that mainly forward pack, you know, there was a lot of questions coming into the season and especially losing a guy like Curtis Sirenen pretty early on. But like you and me have spoken, you know, that Josh Schuster, is the, exactly the type of back role that Manly needs. Just a guy that, you know, rangy, big body, can throw a pass, can put a little kick in. Love that. Love that about that. Paseca into power getting that role on. And Jake Trevojevic, you know, definitely playing better than the last couple of seasons. You know, he's actually threatening the line and sticking his head through the hole. You know, he's not just kind of w- walking to the line and passing the ball early. He's actually trying to like really dig in and, you know, make a bit of aggression there. And obviously with the backs, You've been pretty keen on the backs because you've got Foran and uh, Garrick in your super coach side. But, you know, besides those, you know, Jason Saab, who you've just picked up this week, has been, you know, flying since Turbo's been back. Brad Parker has been a stable body in that centre. And Morgan Harper offering a lot. So this Manly team starting around into something that we all thought it could possibly be before the season. But it's a great point, like you brought up, you know, when Panthers went to uh, Suncorp to face the Broncos, you know, it was only a win and, Panthers eked out in the end and, you know, Panthers didn't play their best game on their, on their day, could have easily turned it up and put a score on. But, you know, this is a, this is a new Broncos side compared to the one from four weeks ago. You know, Tyson Gamble and Milford in the halves, by no means tearing the world apart, but, you know, they're consistent and Gamble has a go and Milford, you know, is playing his role. Asako at the back has really solidified that number one jersey and that forward pack, yes, you lose a guy like Pat Carrigan, but to me, that four-pack is starting to round into something that it should be, you know, Lodge and Haas up front, you know, eating metres. Ricky and Pengai on the edges, you know, trying to cause a bit of disruption. And I don't mind Tom Flegler at lock, you know. Asiata and Flegler will share that 13 role. 
But this is definitely a, a side for this Broncos that is so much better than what it was a month ago. So I do think Manly's going to get the win here, but I do think that Kevy's got the Broncos on the right foot where they're not going to get those 40-point poundings like they did last season and early this season. I think they are going to try and keep it competitive here. For the Broncos, how have you seen their their new-formed half combination? Obviously, Deard and moving on to the Cowboys next year and Brody Croft bring Brody Croft, uh, both not in the side anymore. How, how have you seen the Milford-Gamble combination going the first couple of weeks here? I think um, it's refreshing to see Tyson Gamble. Um, you know, he, he really, you can sort of see he plays with his heart and it's, it's sort of... Um, rubbing off on the other people, the other team members around him. So it, it's good to have him. Um, and, you know, we just heard that next season, you know, Reynolds is coming in. So yeah. I think that will be a really good combo for Milford. You know, I think he needs someone like that um, next season, someone who can, you know, just control the game and he can play off the back of that. And they already have the forward pack. If they're going to get Clemmer next season, they're going to have Clemmer and Haas at the front. And that's, you know, Clemmer's going to give a lot of experience and it's going to help Haas a lot. And I think with um, the new Haas pairing, I think, you know, Milford's going to get better. But I think Tyson Gamble right now is their best number seven. You know, that's he, he's refreshing. You know, he's driving the team. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, when he, when he came on the field, you know, just had that attitude about him, had that swagger, which, you know, a guy like Brody Croft is, is never going to give you. You know, he's a great clubman around, the, around training, but you need that guy who's going to really take the reins and let the, like, you know, move forward and get the team on his back. And that's something that Milford has shown that he can't do. And, you know, that's not a knock. A lot of players can't do that. You know, Milford's always been the guy, you look at 2015, his best season when he took him to the grand final, he was not the leader on the on-field motivator. That was, you know, that was Ben Hunt and the other guys and some of the older guys on that team. Milford was just playing off the cuff. And I kind of feel like right now with Gamble playing, Turpin's been really, really good at a dummy half, in my opinion. I think he's been... You know, Danny Levi there hasn't really affected his performance that much, and he's even got the captaincy this week. So that's how they think of Jake Turpin. So, again, the Broncos are going to move forward here, but I'm with you here. I think this is the turbo. I think Cherry Evans and Foran will steer this team around. And, you know, this might be a Moses Sully on the bench who didn't get on the field last week. If, the, if Manly gets up by about 30 here at some stage, you might see Turbo get that nice little 15-minute rest. Uh, Garrett go back to the fullback and Moses into the centers. It could be something like that. So I definitely think a manly win here. But again, won't shock me if it's, you know, within 20 points. You know, a lot of people are thinking oh, Turbo's going to put four tries on here. It's going to be about 40 to four. I could definitely see this, you know, being around that, you know, 30 to 16 type of game, you know, you know, around that 14 to 16 point margin, but pretty comfortable in the end. Yeah, I agree with you because we also can't forget that last week the Seagulls leaked in quite a bit of points as well. Right. You know, they did play well, but they weren't playing very consistently. Like it was in patches. I think it was try for try in the beginning. And then, you know, eventually after half time they clicked into gear. But that first half, you know, Warriors were in it. And, you know, Warriors were actually in it for most of the game. But, you know, Turbo just carried them home towards the end. Yeah, 100%. We move on to the first Saturday game. It's the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs hosting the Canberra Raiders. Again, Trent Barrett has swung the axe. So star recruit Kyle Flanagan has been dropped altogether. Uh, he got hooked at halftime in the Dragons loss, but he is now out of the side altogether in the extended reserves. So Jake Avrila moves into the seven jersey and Brandon Waker moves into the six jersey. We've got Nick Meany moving to the centers to replace Corey Allen, who's out with an AC joint injury. So Tui Katoa is the man to replace Meany on the wing. Dylan Arpa returns from a shoulder injury. So Sia Manafanai moves back to the reserves. Tony moves back uh, to the bench uh, and Corey Odell moves into lock. And the other change is Matt Dury is on the bench replacing Ofehi Ogden. For the Raiders, Jordan Rapana, who's been in great form, is out with a hamstring injury, replaced by Semi Valame. Hudson Young is moved into the starting lock role with Ryan Sutton out with an elbow injury. Josh Hodson moves back onto the bench. Uh, with Dynamis Louis and Ryan James also on the bench there. So Havili drops out with Tarpany. And it looks like Jared Crocker is at least a week away from returning from his injury. One note here, uh, the Raiders, who are obviously on their five-match losing streak, have been outscored 93-8 to eight in their previous five second half. So that's a pretty huge stat there. But I guess, Ryan, on this one, logic dictates that the Raiders would get up here and get up pretty comfortably. But this is a different Raiders team than what we thought we saw at the start of the season. How have you seen their last five weeks and can they turn it around against this Bulldog side? 
I think if the Raiders are going to turn it around against someone, it's going to have to be the Bulldogs, you know, Absolutely. bottom of the table. Yeah. Um, if they can't win against the Bulldogs, then they've got some real, real big problems. And, you know, Ricky Stewart has some really, uh, he has to make some tough decisions. Um, I think last week watching the Bulldogs and the Dragons, we all agreed that it was a very, very sloppy match. You know, a lot of errors. Um, there was no creativity. Um, the Bulldogs, they ha- it just doesn't look like to have a spine. And I know Flanagan's been dropped this week. And I think most people agree that it's not his fault. Mm. Um, you know, what can you do with the team that's around you? Um, but I, I think the Raiders, yeah, the Raiders will get the win this week. They've got they've got too much class in Jack Whiten and George Williams and the forwards, you know, they've got a strong, they've always got depth. They've got Starling, Papali, Gula, everyone's, everyone's, I think, I think the forward pack for the Raiders are, you know, much stronger than the Bulldogs. Yeah, such a great point. You know, you look at the two teams and if you're Trent Barrett, what you would give to coach this Raiders side and the, the amount of talent in that Raiders side, like, you know, obviously Charles Neil Klockstad is still out and that's a huge, and I still think this is, that's probably one of the biggest injuries in the competition so far because they just look lost without him doing his normal, his normal work from the back. But, you know, to me, a guy like Semi Valame returns in time. He had a really, really nice stretch at the end of last season. Uh, he comes in back from injury, so he comes straight back onto that wing. Um, you know, Sebastian Chris has been a shining light um, coming in and playing some good footy here. And like you said, that forward pack, you know, Gula and Harry Nero, who didn't start the season, um, they've been really good coming in here. You know, a guy like George Hodgson coming off the bench is pretty valuable. You know, you've got a Tom Starling who can kind of open up the game and, you know, start a but a crafty player like George Hodgson. All these, all these things to say, you know, the Raiders shouldn't be on a five-match losing streak and, against this Bulldog side, you're exactly right. If they're going to turn it around if their season, you know, their season is very close to getting on life support now because, you know, a lot of people were penciling them for top four at least. A lot of people penciling them in for the grand final. You know, these are the wins now. You have to, there's no more wins where, sorry, no more games where you can afford to lose, you know, the odd game or two. You've got to beat the teams you need to beat now. And it starts with this game at the Bulldogs. So, you know, you look at this Bulldog side now, you know, a spine of Dallin Watine Selesniak, Brandon Wakem, Jake Avarillo, and Sione Katoa. It's not going to get it done in first grade against many sides. So Ricky Stewart kind of needs to lay the law down to his team to go, your season is on the line here. And that's not, you know, a round 10 hyperbole. That's in all seriousness, you can't go six in a row here, six defeats in a row. And especially against some of the sides you've lost to, you know, you lost to the Cowboys, potentially to the Bulldogs. You can't have that if you're going to be, playing finals in September. So I'm totally with you there. And going back to your point about Kyle Flanagan not being the problem here, again, totally agree. You know, you look at this this side and there's some guys having some real digs here, you know. Randolph Atone playing really good. Luke Thompson, he's playing really good. You look in the backs, a guy like Nick Meany has been great. You know, Jacob Rillo's come in and done a job, but there's just not enough cattle here for Trent Barrett to, you know, consistently get the performances that they want. And it's now two seasons in a row. Kyle Flanagan was dropped halfway through the season last year for the Roosters. He's now been dropped by the Bulldogs when he's been the star recruit. It's a raw deal for him because, you know, definitely not his fault and very easy to go, oh, high-profile money, young man, come in to do a job and he hasn't got it done because they haven't got the performances. But to me, he's definitely not the problem when you look on match day. So totally with you there. I guess moving on with this game and kind of talking about the last couple of things here, the Bulldogs... Where do we see them moving forward if Kyle Flanagan isn't the answer here? What do you see for the rest of the season? And, you know, let's kind of take the next month of footy for the Bulldogs. What do you need to see from them to really push them forward to get some good results here for the rest of the season? I think the Bulldogs just got to go back to their basics. You know, they last week when I watched them, there was, you know, just one-out runs, you know, no support from any of the players. Um, there was a few players trying, you know, run off a Tony, like you said, he played well and, their um, polish on the back of their, you know, last tackle options. It wasn't that great. I saw Kyle Flanagan kicked on the first tackle mm. when they had a set restart on the uh, Dragons line. And, you know, he went out on the full. Um, you just got to take those opportunities and make the most of it. Go back to your basics, you know. I think that's the only thing they can do. Um, they can only work with what they have. Um, it's a rebuilding season. So, you know, you can try as as much as you can. You know, like uh, Trent Barrett is, you know, giving changing up the halves, um, so it's ex- experimenting and I guess waiting for next season with um, uh, Maddie Burden coming over. But I don't even know if 
how much can he do? You know, he's still young. He hasn't had that much experience. He's playing well at the Panthers, but, you know, anyone's going to play well in a team like that. So uh, we'll have to wait till next season. Yeah, 100% good points. We'll move on to the second game on Saturday. It's the Cronulla Sharks hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs, two teams that were absolutely towered up last week. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. For the Sharks, it looks like Sean Johnson is now out. He suffered a minor hamstring injury during training. So that moves Matt Moylan into the starting halves. We've also got Josh Dugan, who replaces Jesse Ramian, who's out with his uh, fractured eye socket. And Andrew Fafita uh, returns from a suspension. So he moves onto the bench with Billy Magulia dropping back to the reserves. Interestingly to note, they've got a couple of centers coming back in the next couple of weeks. So Ronaldo Molotalo, Sione Katoa, and Jackson Ferris are all available from next week for selection. For the Rabbitohs, huge news with Adam Reynolds returning from his thumb injury ahead of schedule. So that's Benji Marshall to 5'8", and Dean Hawkins back to the reserves. Cody Walker is still a fullback. Tane Milne has been brought back into the wing, uh, which allows Dane Gagar to move back into the centres, and Stephen Masters, who was benched after 20 minutes in that game, drops back to the extenders as well. Liam Knight moves into the starting lock rotation. That moves Dry Arrow back to the bench. And we've got Ham... Hame Sele, who replaces Patrick Malgo on the bench. Josh Mansell and Latrell Mitchell should be back from next week. So this one here, Ryan, obviously the huge news that Adam Reynolds looks like he's going to take up his uh, offer on a three-year deal to go to the Broncos. So this is potentially the first game we'll see Adam Reynolds uh, playing for the Rabbits, but obviously signed a new contract with someone else. Two teams looking to bounce back here. How do you see this one going? I, uh, I believe... The Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs got this one. Um, Wayne Bennett coach side, you know, last week they got absolutely pumped. But uh, I think with, you know, Adam Reynolds back, you know, and, you know, I think we'll make a, a difference. Um, I just don't see the Sharks, you know, able to win against the Rabbitohs, especially against the side that's coached by Wayne Bennett. You know, he's, he's too experienced. Um, and, you know, on paper, their team is, you know, and also they lost Sean Johnson. Yeah, on paper, you know, uh, Cody Walker, you know, that combination of Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds is just too strong. Yeah. And, you know, the Rabbits last week, I, don't, I think even if Adam Reynolds played last week, they still lose. But the way Melbourne really dissected them, you know, they saw Stephen Masters on Dane Gagar on the edge. And obviously we saw what happened with the Autocar six tries. Um, Dean Hawkins just was uncomfortable all game uh, in attack. They rushed up on him. In defense, they targeted Benji Marshall. So I'm sure that, you know, Wayne Bennett, like you said, has gone back to the drawing board this week, really saw what the, the three or four things that Melbourne really did to them to really decimate them. And he'll come up with a, a combination here. It's not going to surprise me at all if Cody Walker moves into the sixth jersey at some stage and Benji Marshall gets benched. Um, if they do a bit of uh, trickery uh, just before the game, you know, looking at their extended reserves, you know, Troy Dargan and Stephen Masters are on there. But I just kind of see, like you said, that Cody Walker... Adam Reynolds combination, especially when they're in the halves, you know, first, second receiver. I really do like that. So it's not going to surprise me if, you know, Johnston moves back to fullback a little bit and Cody Walker moves into the, you know, it's like in that Titans game, Benji started playing a little bit in the, in the centers. It's not going to surprise me to start playing around with that to kind of hide Marshall and defense and get the best out of Cody Walker in attack. But moving back to the Sharks, Ryan, no Sean Johnson, probably huge news for the Sharks. He was starting around in a bit of form after his Achilles injury. The Sharks now go back to their winning formula to start the season with Kennedy, Moylan, Townsend, and Braley as their as their spine. How do you see Matt Moylan coming in here and um, obviously fresh off his injury concerns there? Do you see that that bit of cohesion from the start of the season that will help them get a bit of form back here? Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know uh, Matt Moylan is you know he's had the first few games of the season to slot into that number six role and. You know, earlier in this season, he was playing really well. Um, the Sharks are going well as well. So I think, you know, he'll fit in there quite well. Um, but it's, I, I think still, regardless, the Rabbitohs were just, you know, too much class in their team. But I think it's a it's one of the best replacements you can have for Sean Johnson. Yeah, 100%. It's, you know, it's, it's a luxury to have. You know, we all wondered when Sean Johnson was coming back, who's going to make way? Does Kennedy go back to the reserves and Moylan a fullback? But we've seen that Sean Johnson, you know, even off an Achilles injury, is still a very, very good player. So he's got to be in the starting halves. Uh, so like you said, it's a luxury to have. And even, you know, a guy like Josh Dugan able to come back in 
when you lose a guy like Jesse Ramian. So the Sharks have a bit of depth here. I'm very excited to see Andrew Fafita come back here. You know, he still obviously thinks he's got a lot of left left than Tank. There was talks about him going to the Dragons uh, earlier in the season, but it looks like he's uh, remaining at the Sharks for the rest of the season. So hoping to see what he has there. But moving back to the uh, Rabideau side, uh, I want to talk to you about Jai Arrow. So obviously came down as a high-profile recruit, um, you know, stuck behind Cam Murray for the first couple of rounds until Cam Murray was injured. And he lasted one game in the 13 jersey, he got promoted back into the starting lock. But after one game, he's now back on the bench with Liam Knight moving into the 13. Do you think the Rabbits are all regretting their decision to sign Jai Arrow on big money? Or do you think this is just a, a blending process of Wayne still trying to work out where's the best, you know, is he best to come in after 25 minutes after some of the starting forwards are tired? Or is it just, you know, they really didn't anticipate him not being able to crack this starting side? No, I think, I think, I don't think there's any regret with having Jai Arrow, you know, in the team, you know, in the beginning of the season, you know, even if he was off the bench, he's beat. Um, doing his role, he's doing his job, and you know they were they were flying high the Rabbitohs, and there was no you know no one said a thing, but you know one big loss, and then you know maybe they start questioning him, but I think off the off the bench, I think he, he's okay. Like you said, they're still working out the best way to play him, um, and you know they've got quite a good back row as well, you know. So it's maybe you know they're just working out their game plan. You know maybe it's it's part of a game plan to have him on the uh, on the bench. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of coaches are now trying to figure out, especially with a lot of impact guys, you know, do we bring them on after that 18-minute mark? Do we bring? Do we start them from the start and, you know, let them try and bash the other team? I think, like, you're right, you know, Jaro is still a quality player. You want him in the 17 somewhere. Um, they're obviously just trying to work out, is it a prop? Is it a lock? They haven't played him on an edge yet, which I'm not opposed to seeing right now just to see what you've got. But, you know, you've got Kulamatangi and Sua holding down those edge spots. So it'll be interesting to see. He'll be playing Origin, so... Um, you know, probably want to gel this team with non-Origin stars at the start and then, you know, maybe after the Origin break can bring him in and see what he's got there. we move on to the last game on Saturday. It's the Sydney Roosters hosting the North Queensland Cowboys. For the Roosters, Lachlan Lamb makes his timely return from injury, replacing Drew Hutchison, obviously, with his broken ribs and punctured lung. Satili Tupanua is back from suspension. That moves Nat Butcher back to the uh, reserve, sorry, into the interchange bench. And uh, Tuku, the youngster who had his reserve, uh, his debut last week, moves back to the reserves. Victor Radley and Sam Walker have both been named, uh, respective HIA and shoulder concerns for them, but they are listed to play. And Joseph Swally is amongst the reserves. For the Cowboys, they are unchanged after their one-point win over the Broncos last week. And Jason Tomalilla plays his 200th game for the Cowboys. Ryan, this one's an interesting one. On paper, again, another one that it looks like Sam Walker and James Tedesco might roll over the Cowboys here, but I've got a sinking feeling that the, the Cowboys will put up a bit of a fight here. What, what you, how do you see this game going? Man, I agree with you. I think um, the Cowboys have been, you know, coming into some form in the recent weeks and, you know, credit to the Roosters, you know, they've been holding well um, with all the injuries they had. Um, you saw last week, the Rabbits had a few injuries in their line and then, you know, they got destroyed by the Melbourne Storm and, the amount of injuries that the Roosters have, Roosters have had, you know, they've been playing, you know, they've been um, keeping up with the teams, you know, that's just credit to how good uh, a coach Trent Robinson is. Um, but I think the Roosters might have, will have this one, but it's just going to be a close game. Um, they still have a lot of class in, you know, Tedesco, you can never write him off. You have Sam Walker, but, you know, he's injured right now. Uh, Lachlan Lamb's first game. Um, Radley's back, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if they oh they can't really rest him. But you know, you know recently they've been resting everyone. You know Roosters with their concussion, you know pol- policies. Um, also, I think if Sam Walker doesn't play, I think there is a chance that he doesn't play. They put Joey Manu into the uh, the uh, six or seven, and then they'll move Sawali in, possibly. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's now getting to the point where you know. Lachlan Lamb, it's a, such a timely return because Drew Hutchinson was holding down that role with Luke Keery being out. But, you know, if Sam Walker, if they do want to... In, the thing with Sam Walker, everyone needs to remember, he's 18 years old. He probably weighs 80 kilos wet and he's just taken a battering in these first couple of rounds, you know. A young kid, you know, that was first year out of school for me. If I walked into the NRL and played the four, game, four or five games of NRL, I wouldn't be walking for a year. So the fact that he's been able to hold up 
And that shoulder injury that he's got was actually picked up in New South Wales Cup earlier in the year. So he's been carrying this for about four or five weeks now. So it does make a bit of sense very soon to go, Sam, have have a week, and all of a sudden you can move Lamb into the, into the seven, Manu into the six, and you've got a guy like Joseph Suwali, who you are going to blood in origin anyway. They're going to have to play Joseph Suwali very soon. So it could be very, it could be a lot sooner than we think. Um, but great points there. You know, th- like I said, on paper, you know, talking about Supercoach again, you've obviously got James Desco, captaincy on him all, every, every time this round. You know, there's a couple of really good captaincy options this week. And Tedesco against the Cowboys could definitely be one of them. You know, n- last year was the game that, he got 170 odd, and Ikavali got the five tries. Um, so obviously, that's the last one these two played. Um, but you look at this Roosters team. Yes, there's a there's a ton of injuries, but still class all over the field. You go, you got your Tupo, Tedesco, Manu, Walker, Jared Weir, Hargreaves having a bit of a resurgence. Uh, obviously, having to stand up now that Collins is out. You know, Crichton, Tupanua, Radley is a very very good back row, and on the bench, Adam Kieran's a handy player. Butcher and Takiyaho, you know, there's still talent on this on this side. So they are going to be able to be formidable. Like you said, they took it to the Paramount Eels last week. Eels nearly full strength, and they took it to them at Bank West, which is a very hard feat to do. But moving over to the Cowboys side now, talk about them. I think this has been a great job by Todd Payton. You know, I said earlier in the first couple of rounds when they're on their losing streak, you can't blame Todd Payton here because... Again, another thing like the Bulldogs, that is, he just didn't have the cattle. He didn't have the guys around it. But now you look at some of the guys he's empowered in this side. Valentine Holmes, the fullback, massive tick. That's a win. That right-hand combination of Lamello and Tuolagi, love that. That is that is something that you can build on for next year. Those two guys can easily be in this side after a couple of signings. Drinkwater's been outstanding, and he's just re-signed with the club. So he's, you know, he's been rewarded for his great start. Clifford, who's moving down to the Knights, had a good game last week, and he's a handy player. So he's obviously got someone to play for to try and uh, repay the faith in to Payton for that call-up. But to me, the the unwritten heroes of this Cowboy side is this forward pack. This forward pack has no right to be good. Hess and McLean up front. If you told me that was at the start of the season, that was going to be the front row combination, or have laughed you off the park. Shane Wright and Mitch Dunn in the second row. Again, guys that aren't meant to be you know, carrying... A forward pack, you know, that's one four out of six. Tom Malolo, you know, I, I was many conversations with you talking about, you know, from selfishly my my super coach, you know, playing 40 minutes back to back and going, this is it, this is outrageous. You know, you got one of the best forwards of our lifetime, you know, wasting away on the bench. Last week, 71 minutes, 20 runs, 220 meters. That's the Tom Malolo we need to see. So to all credit to Peyton. And I guess what have you seen from this cowboy side that, you know, has really sparked your intrigue in them that they could even keep this game close. Yeah, I agree with you with all the points that you raised. Um, I think Valentine Holmes has to have that fullback position. He's wasted on the wing. Um, and I think the big one is Jason Tamalolo and the, and the rest of the forward pack. I think Mitch Dunn has been playing really well as well as Ben Condon. And Granville off the bench has been good as well. Um, but Tamalolo with the 71 minutes, you know, back to his old you know, minutes, you know, what a beast he is, you know, uh, in the beginning of the season, you know, he, he took a lot of criticism, you know, and everyone said, you know, what are they doing? And then he had the, the uh, broken hands, you know, it's just bad luck. But if Tamalolo goes back to his, you know, best, I think him and Valentine Holmes can carry the team along with uh, Scott Drinkwater on the back of that. Yeah, it's, it's a great one-two punch. You know, a lot of teams would, you know, look at the Bulldogs, for example, they would love to have a one-two punch like Valentine Holmes and Jason Tomalolo. So, you know, they're improving. And Todd Payton showed us last year with the Warriors, you know, it takes a bit of time. He he does really like to find his 1-17 to 17 that he likes. And it looks like he's finally got, you know, that he's got that 20-man score that he really likes at the moment. And he just put him in the positions to win. So agree with you. I think Roos is in this one. Not going to surprise me if it's a thrashing. But again, if, if we look up and it's, you know, 70 minutes in and the Cowboys are down by eight, I'm not going to be surprised at all if they're hanging around. We move on to the first game on, on Sunday. So we've got our Sunday triple header. We've got the Warriors hosting the Parramatta Eels. For the Warriors, we've got a couple of uh, selection changes here. So Ben Murdoch-Masilla returns to the second row. So Bailey Sirenen drops to the reserves. And we've also got here, because my... Okay, Reese Walsh is also uh, listed amongst the interchanges again. So that's the other 
the other change. So Chanel Harris Davida, who started in the reserves last week, is in the seven jerseys. He retains the starting seven jersey that he won last week. Reese Walsh back to the bench. For the Parramatta Eels, obviously it's a huge week for them. They've got a couple of exemptions they're hoping to get through for their biosecurity because they are short on players this week. But the changes so far, Brad Arthur has named his son Jacob Arthur in the half to replace Dylan Brown, who's suspended. Wonga Blake returns from his calf injury uh, to replace the suspended Murata Niakori in the centres. Reed Marnie, who's suffering a HRA, and Nathan Brown, who's got a hip complaint, are both named. So Sean Lane moves back to the bench there. We've got Hayes Dunster, who's been moved back to the reserves, and Ray Stone moves back to the bench. And in the reserves, we've got Joey Lussick and Jordan Raken, who are in there as the reserves, just in case uh, Marnie and Brown can't get through. But again, uh, Parramatta has asked for an exemption because those players uh, that I've named were playing New South Wales Cup last week and they were outside of the NRL bubble. So that may change uh, later in the week. I believe the players have to uh, fly directly into Brisbane. They've got to pass a COVID test. They can't meet up with the team prior. They can only go on the field and leave straight away. So there's a couple of things that need to happen there. But they're the confirmed changes for right now. So I guess the biggest one there, Ryan, is Jacob Arthur. Uh, the coach's son has moved into the sixth jersey. Uh, we've got Dylan Brown, who's out. That's a huge out. But how do you see Parramatta kind of handling this with no Dylan Brown? And can they get up here against the Warriors? I know the money is on the Eels to win. but And I know you're a big Para fan, or you are a Para fan. So, but I think the Warriors have this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just the way I saw the Warriors play last week against Manly, you know, they, Tommy, they they weren't able to stop Tommy Turbo, but they were hanging in there and they were like, you know, their, their completion rates were good. You know, they 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 uh, they didn't panic. They stuck to their game plan and, you know, um, it's it nearly paid off. Um, with the Eels, you know, Wonga Blake in that center role, I'm not, not too sure of he, his defense with uh, Fergie. You know, we all know like uh, Wonga Blake likes to run up and shoot up in the defensive line. That might be an issue. Um, then you've got a new halves pairing of Jacob Arthur. I'm not too sure how Arthur plays. Um, it'll be all on Moses to carry the team, I guess. Yeah. And, um, the big the big in is Nathan Brown. You know, he is quite influential on the team. Um, that back row, Papa Lee, Madison and Nathan Brown, that's big. You know, you'll be relying on Nathan Brown to, you know, run off the back fence. In the opposite 13, you have Tohu Harris, so he's been really playing well for the Warriors. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, my money is on the Warriors this week. It's a huge trap game for Parramatta. Um, Wonga Blake, obviously we needed a centre, and he's a good replacement for near Corey, but you said it. Furio got no ball last year when Blake was his centre. In defence, it, it was easily our worst side of the defence. Um, you know, Blake rushes in, Fergo doesn't know to come in or stay out and the holes just appear. So again, I'm really worried about that. A guy like Adam Pompey on the other side, very, very skilled and I think could really take one of Blake's money here. Jacob Arthur, you know, I've seen a couple of things from reserve game from him. He looks like he's a bit of a runner. So Mitch will do all the kicking and all the organizing, but I think Jacob is just going to be able to go out there and play a bit of free-flowing footy. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, the stage isn't too big for him. I think Mitch will really take the rein here. And especially if Reed Marnie plays. If Reed plays, you know, he'll be able to kick out a dummy half and, you know, really put Jacob in the position to really succeed. Um, because, you know, he's got a guy like he cannot, depending on what side of the field they play him on, like you said, he's not either going to be having Papali'i or Madison on either side of him. So it's a nice short option to have moving out to your second row and hitting one of those guns on the edge. Um, but yeah, I'm going to tip Parramatta in this. But I could definitely see the Warriors getting up here. I think this is a game that I could see two of us are having a real, real dominant game. He always plays well against Parramatta, gets his team on the front foot with his kick returns. And especially in attack, he always just seems to be sniffing around the ball, around the around the ruck and even uh, on the wide shift. So could see that. And I really like the half pairing of Nick Rima and Harris Tavita before the season. Last mm-hmm. week, like you said, against the Manly Seagulls, they were really in that game. Um, and your boy, Reese Walsh, on the bench. Um, there's just a lot of attack and spark in this team. And I look at this Parramatta side, you know, looking at, and the real only big loss is Dylan Brown, but I just kind of, when I just look at who's the spark and, you know, who can really get it going, you know, the, the, the Cardi party is a nice story. And, you know, <laughs> we're, we're all jumping on, we're all jumping on the party, but 
call me cynical. I just, I just don't see it happening every week. It, it could happen again. He can score another two tries and go ballistic. But I just look at, and when I look at a matchup, Parramatta's got the slider just in terms of overall quality. But when I look at the spark and the attack. I could definitely see the Warriors, you know, kind of outgunning us, you know, like a, a 28 to 24 type of game here. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Warriors, you know, will take this one. You know, I've been watching the, you know, Eels. They played Roosters last week and they got away with it. And let me just have a look at what their previous matches were. They haven't played many top four sides. No, and while, while you're bringing that up, you know, I kind of, you know, we've had some good performances, you know, we put on the Raiders, we did a couple of other things, but I just look back to that Dragons game. And obviously you're, you're a Dragons fan and mm. you... You said before that game, you know, you thought you had the game. And I was like, you're kidding yourself. We're going to come in here and smash them. But all the all the things that I thought about Paramount before the season started, all the all the holes and the deficiencies in this side really show, show themselves in that game. And I think any team that wants to kind of wreck Parramatta has the blueprint from that game. You rush up on the forwards, you don't give them any space. You take Mitch Moses out of the game and you really put his kicking under pressure. And you just hawk Gutho around the middle of the park. You just make sure Gutho has no room to breathe. And the Dragons, who aren't the best team in the comp, did that to a T. So um, if you've got those previous games there, go through them. But yeah, I think that that Dragons game to me is the illuminating one. Yeah. So I just had a look. So from the Dragons game, obviously they lost 26 to 12. And then in round six, they played um, the Raiders. You know, the Raiders, uh, I think... Yeah, that was part of their their part five game losing streak. So you know, they're, and they're not the best people to you know, you know, kind of compare yourself to. No, the best team yeah. to compare yourself to, yeah. and then you've got in round seven they uh they played the Broncos. Obviously, you know Broncos aren't playing well either. Forty six to six, round eight you guys played the Bulldogs. You know another bottom side team, and then round nine you played uh, the Roosters with so many injuries. You know you just got away with that win. You know, I know you're a big para fan. I don't want to talk too much shit about them. But for me, like, I think, you know, the true test is going to be coming up when they're playing the bigger top four sides. Um, and that will sort of, you know, show how you guys are traveling along. That's why I think the Warriors, you know, might get away with this one, just because the way they played against the Seagulls last week. Uh, and, yeah, just to put a bow on this one, I totally agree. You know, every week, I, and, you know, I'm a very cynical Parramatta fan, you know, but... When you, like you said, this just run through those games. We lost to the Dragons, who are not a good side. We beat Canberra, but we can't judge Canberra as Canberra anymore. We need to really temper our expectations. We beat mm-hmm. the Broncos, but that was in Darwin in 40-degree heat, and I throw that game away. The Bulldogs, we did what we needed to do. And like you said, the Roosters, we won that game. It was a good win, but I can't take too much out of it because look at the team that – look at the they – they ended up having like 14 guys on the field, so – I'm totally with you there. I think it's a it's a big trap game for Parramatta. It's not going to surprise me if the Warriors get up. I will tip Parra, mm. but that's probably a bit of blue and gold goggles going on there with that tip. And um, next week, you guys have uh, the Manly Seagulls. So yeah. that'll be a big test for you guys. That's a good test. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think you guys, and then you've got the Rabbits. So, you know, you know you've know, you got a sort of rough-ish patch coming up and you've got the Knights. So, you know, this, these next few weeks will be a bit of a test for you guys. Especially without, you know, um, D bags, but and then you got the Tigers after that. So, well, uh, yeah, we'll see how the next few weeks go. But I think, um, yeah, they'll be they'll be uh, telling of your, you know, um, season. See how go how you guys are traveling. Hundred percent. Now we'll move into your team, the second last game of the round. So, the Melbourne Storm hosting the St George Illawarra Dragons. For the Storm, a bit of uh, the NRL physio came out and really burned a couple of teams here. So we'll go through it. Brandon Smith out suspended. Harry Grant pulled up with a hamstring injury. Cameron Munster looks like he's got a foot injury. So they're all out. Pappenhausen is listed amongst the reserves. So it looks like he may be nearing a return. So Raleigh Jacks moves into the 5'8 spot. Kenny Bromwich moves from second row into hooker. Tui Kamikamika moves from lock into the second row. Dolphinuka moves from the bench to lock. And Tyson Smoothie and Tom Eisenhuth join the bench. For the Dragons, uh, Michaeli Ravalava. Uh, returns from suspension. So Matt Fiegi drops out. Uh, Poasa Farmasili, uh, he replaces Junior Omone off, on the bench. So this one, Ryan, your team obviously uh, got a big win against the Bulldogs last weekend. They're versing an injury-depleted Melbourne side, but I think you'll be with me on this one, that Melbourne's got a bit too much class here. Oh, 100%. You know, I'm a, 
Dragons fan since, you know, a long, long time ago. And, you know, always, you know, the, the first part of the season, you know, we were playing quite a few, you know, good games. But, I, yeah, 100% the Storm are going to win, no doubt about it. Ben Hunt, you know, coming back for the, for the Dragons last week, it was a welcome inclusion. I think, you know, him and Corey have really struck a nice partnership under Anthony Griffin. And, you know, Matt Dufty is quietly putting together a very nice fullback season. How have you seen your boys going? We haven't really spoken much about it, um, but, you know, this forward pack, you know, another one of these forward packs before the season started where I kind of laughed it off and was like going to be in the bottom four, but they've really stood up in some areas. And, you know, a guy like Jack Bird, who we, you and me had some hope for, you know, we always saw that if, if you're getting the Sharks, Jack Bird, instead of the Bronco, Jack Bird, it's a good signing. So how have you seen your team going in? You know, obviously a little bit of inconsistency in the results, but overall in terms of, you know, losing Cam McInnes in the offseason, losing Mary McGregor last season. How, how have you seen this going from a Dragons fan perspective? Um, from a Dragons perspective, compared to previous seasons, I think we're playing a lot better. I think the change in the coach, Griffin, you know, has, you know, it's a big refresh for the team. Uh, I guess we're just getting better with, you know, everyone talks shit about Corey Norman, Ben Hunt. But, you know, I think he's got them going, you know, they're going, but they're not there yet but I still don't think Corey Norman is our number six but you know we don't have many options right now I think for me the best player right now is um, Jack Bird he's been playing really well Um, hopefully you know he stays injury free but he's always looking dangerous always looking for the ball always in the middle and the centers you know he's always he's always dangerous always an offload there Um, bending the line a bit Um, you know so he's he's been playing really well and you know I think Lomax was a big loss for us um in the past few weeks you know we've missed him oh i think it's only been a week but yeah he's 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 big we had two big centers you know lomax and jack bird and um they create a lot but i think our forward pack has been you know holding up quite well Tarek sims has been playing really good i think um from a super coach perspective as well i think his average is about like 55 to 60 yeah you know um that's really good i think um billy burns last week had a good game Daniel Alvaro as well, like, you know, everyone's, you know, just putting in the effort, you know, that's the big thing, the effort since compared to last season and the previous seasons with uh, McGregor. Yeah, I think the Dragons in the last couple of, you know, seasons, you know, the last three or four seasons get off to a nice start and then, you know, injuries and origin and suspensions kind of kick in and, you know, they really fade. And this year they've had a lot of injuries and suspensions, but they've been able to put in, you know, your Billy Burns, your Alvaro's, Pharmacillies, uh, you know, Jordan Pereira's, Fiegi. There's been a lot of turnover in this roster and they're still been able to be competitive in a lot of matches. So I think if Hook can just get a lot of consistency from a lot of your main guys and, you know, a Ben Hunt can just stay on the field, like it, to me, a blessing in disguise for the Dragons would be if Ben Hunt doesn't get picked for origin. If he stays in this Dragon side and, you know, can really get those wins against those sides, you know, round 13, the origin buy around, uh, you guys are versus the Broncos. So, you know, that's a, that's a, if Ben Hunt's there, you can easily take that game. And that's a nice win to put under your belt and just, you know, stash those wins. So I definitely think the Dragons are going to be rounding a bit of form here. And, you know, if they can keep some guys in the park, they'll get some results. But moving over to the Storm side, a lot of changes. The Munster and Grant News came out of nowhere. Very unlucky that the cheese is also suspended. But again, you look at this side, another one that just has class. You know, Nico Hines comes in. As the replacement fullback, love that. And then you look at the back line. Jennings, Remus, Olam, Adokar, great. Jerome Hughes having a career season. And really, for me, like when you, we talk about super coach, just one of those guys that wish that we picked in the first couple of rounds because David's got him now and can slap the captaincy on him and he's, you know, dominating. So just in the back line there. And then you move into the forward pack. You know, you've got the Bromwich boys, Welch, Kafusi, Fanukan, Kamikamika, Solomona, they're still class. So, yes, they're losing probably three of their best players in Smith, Munster, and Graham, but Melbourne will still do a great job. And, you know, a guy like Nico Heinz and Jerome Hughes should go big here. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think when I was watching the game last week, you know, the Storm are just so professional. You know, they can just turn anyone into, you know, good players. Like you've previously said on your podcast, everyone knows that. Like, for example, Remus Smith, George Jennings, you know, they're all playing their role. Um, Bellamy just knows what to do. They just keep churning them out. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think um, Pappenhausen will play. Yeah. I think that, that's a big in for them. Um, Riley Jacks, I think he'll he'll be fine with Jerome Hughes there. I think with Jerome Hughes and Pappenhausen, and then you've got, you know, Olam and Adokar, I think you've guys got enough experience around the park. And the forward pack, it speaks for itself. I think Kenny Bromwich is just there to start the game, um, just to get those tackles under the belt. And then you might just move uh, Smoothie in after that, you know, 20, 25 minutes after it settles down a bit. Um, and then he might move into this, you know, into the back row. So, um, yeah, I think the Storm, the Storm have got this one, man. Yeah, 100%. And I guess, yeah, just to touch on that, I do think, like you said, Pappenhausen will move into the starting side by the time this kicks off. It won't surprise me if Nico Hines moves into the six and they drop Riley Jacks back to the reserves. I could see that happening. Um, but, yeah, probably one to watch. But, again, an- another week where Bellamy can just be very cautious with Pappenhausen here and give him another rest if they really need to because there's no real need to rush him back here. So Melbourne playing with house money, you know, they could have Pappenhausen, Cheese, Munster and Grant all out. Obviously, no Cameron Smith, and they can still probably put 30 on the on the Dragons here. So um, hopefully for you guys, you can keep it close. But I think, yeah, it could be a bit of a touch-up here. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But, yeah, no, I, I, don't, have, I don't have much hope, man. I'll <laughs> 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 uh, we'll move on to the last game of the round. So closing out Magic Round, the Gold Coast Titans hosting the Penrith Panthers. For the Titans, a couple of changes. So... Tino Fasoma Awi, who did come back last week, he's been sent home uh, to get over about a gastro. So he's not in doubt for the game, but it looks like he might be under a bit of an injury cloud coming into the game. Tefafita was named, but he has received a two-match suspension for his grade two careless high tackle charge. So that looks like both Fermi will move into the second row. Isan Masters will move off the bench into the centres. And someone will move, have to move into the into the interchange bench. Uh, but Tanner Boyd does rem, uh, retain his 5'8 jersey. It looks like Ash Taylor is listed down as a hip injury, so it doesn't look like it was a straight-out benching. Uh, but that's one to watch there. For the Panthers, Kirk Capewell will miss a week after failing his HIA. So Leah Martin moves back into the back row. And they've got a debutant in Jermaine Hoopgood. Uh, he'll be moving onto the bench. Paul Momorowski is available uh, for return after he served a three-game suspension, but he's only been listed amongst the reserves. So Matt Burton has retained his starting in the centres. That's a huge win for any Matt Burton supercoach owners or a huge loss, I guess, for the Momorowski owners. So right in this one, the Panthers, they're looking for 10 straight. They want to end Magic Round with a bit of magic themselves. I don't think they're going to be really uh, battled here against the Tides, but how do you see this one going? Oh, I think we all know what the answer is. I think the Panthers are going to absolutely destroy the Titans. No David Fafita, you know, and, uh, you know, that's that's their big, big, you know, signing of the year. I know that they are playing well, the Titans, but, you know, last week they leaked a lot of points. Um, so, and the Panthers, you know, they can score. They can put on big numbers just like last week. So I think the Panthers have this in the bag. Um, but, yeah. Look, I, the one I'll be very interested in here from, from a Titans perspective, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a towel-up. I think for a super coach perspective, Dylan Edwards, Brian To'o, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, all great captaincy options this week. But from a Titans perspective, because they've been so reliant on Dave Fafita this year, I'm really interested to see them not rely on him this week. They, they go a lot to the right-hand side to really feed him. I'm interested to see, you know, Jared Wallace... Tino and Fort Awaker really run through the middle. And I want to see them play a little bit more direct through the middle because I think that's when AJ Brimson plays his best footy. We saw last year when AJ really got on that role in the last nine rounds of the season. It was when they really went through the middle with their forwards and really muscled up. And you had, you know, Jamal Fogarty and AJ Brimson kind of trail through the middle. And a lot of their points was through the middle last year. So obviously, Dave Feeder is their best player and he's been their spark all season. But I'm just interested to see because they're going to have to cope with him without or- when he plays Origin this year. So I do want to see they kind of go a little bit more direct and really kind of take on the Panthers moving forward because a lot of teams this year get into the mistake of, you know, they try and get in that arm wrestle for five to ten minutes with the Panthers and realize, holy shit, their forward pack's really good. I can't get through them. You know, Leota, Fisher-Harris, uh, and Isaiah mm-hmm. Yeo through the middle. But a lot of teams kind of deviate straight away and just try and attack the edges, which is not going to work against the Panthers side. I want to see... 
You know, the Titans have some big bodies here. They can throw Wallace, Tino, Jolliffe, Essiesi, Fortawaker. They can try and steamroll them and go muscle for muscle through the middle. So I am intrigued to see how the Titans do try and attack without Fafita. Um, but we've spoken about it at length, you and me, you know, in our, in our conversations. This this Panthers forward pack, you know, a lot of the attention goes into the backs, you know, the Stains, Crichtons, Burtons, Toors, and the halves. But this forward pack, and I really saw it from last year, the second Parramatta game. Parramatta went to Panther Stadium. You know, we got the win on them early in the year, and people were writing, you know, this could be a final preview, and, you know, Parramatta has the forward pack to really go in there and match it with the Panthers. And we got steamrolled. I cannot describe to you how demoralizing it was sitting on the couch watching your team get absolutely pumped like that and the Panthers when they choose to turn it on and that forward pack rolls it's really heartbreaking for a team so I'm interested to see and what do you I guess we've spoken about but what do you think for this Panthers side is the is the engine room of the forwards you know Fisher Harris your boy um just gonna really kind of steamroll and take over the Titans here yeah I think the Panthers forward pack is too big and strong um, it would be interesting to see, like you said, I think Tino, there was a game there that had a, quite a few injuries and, you know, he, he was, I think it's the first game he moved to the forwards. He, he had a monster game. He scored like 90 for me on the super coach. You know, it was pretty much all base. Like, you know, I think he needs to step up. You know, he's the next big signing that they had this year. And I think he'll have a big game. Um, you know, if obviously he's not sick, uh, but yeah, Jared Wallace, uh, Fauna Wake is good as well. Man, big bodies, like you said, but in comparison to the Panthers, man, you know, we've got Fisher-Harris, Liam Martin, Yo, and then you've got Leota, and then you've got, you know, Spence. Oh, Spencer's in the reserves, actually. But mm. last week I saw Scott Sorensen. He played really well. I thought, you know, he played really good in the middle. Um, then you've got Eisenhuth. You know, you've, you've just got so much big bodies in there, and, and it's, it's impossible to stop nearly. And then you've got Kikau. You know, I, for me, personally, the Kikau is a bit inconsistent, but... When Kikau's on, you know, he can destroy any team on the edge. He can run over anyone. So, you know, they've got so much firepower. And then you've got Liam Martin this week starting. <laughs> so it's even, you know, even bigger. They, so they go I think the strength. Uh, they really do. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you they've just got Sorensen and Eisenhuth on the bench, unwanted by the Sharks and the Tigers. And they come into this great pack and they just add, add dimensions that they don't have. So you're absolutely right. I think this, this Panther side... You know, the Titans can go muscle for muscle uh, up to a certain point, but I think the, the the Panthers can really just take the sting out of the game with their forwards and then they've got the class out wide to really put a game away in 20 minutes if they, if they want to. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they just got so much strike power in the, you know, you know the forwards like the platform. Then you've got the, you know, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. What can you say about that? And then, you know, it's just so, so much um, attacking in the back line. So it's really hard. It's that's why the number one team, and I personally, I think it's going to be a Storm and Panthers, uh, you know, grand final. There's no other team that are even close to the level that they are at. Yeah, I think you, uh, Nom, Chris, you know, we've been all in the podcast, and you know, I was listening to a lot of other podcasts before the season, and you know, people throwing out the Rabbits and the Roosters and the Raiders, but I think we've all been pretty consistently. We watched the grand final last year. It was the two best teams, and that hasn't changed this season. So, barring injury and suspension, I think you know we are we are heading towards a, a part two of that rivalry in the grand final. But until we get there, you know, someone's got to beat this Panther side. You know, they're gonna they, this will make it ten in a row. They'll close out Magic Round with ten straight. One of the first teams to do it in a long time. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a pleasure to watch them because they're one of those teams. You know, you may hate the way they play and, you know, some people say the arrogant and the cocky, but when you look at the class all over the field and the way they play footy, it, it's so much different to what a lot of teams are doing right now. So you have you have to appreciate it at least. Yeah, they're such a good team to watch, especially with Cleary, you know, and Jerome Luai. They're just, they're just, you know, so refreshing to watch. So, you know, I really enjoy watching their games and it's going to be, you know, a good game to watch for me. Yeah, 100%. All right, Ryan, well, that, that's it for Magic Round. So, Again, all, all the games from Queensland this week, we've got no fr- no Thursday footy. So obviously a lot of people who, you know, get to Thursday and, you know, get through that hard day at work to have a beer and watch the footy, we'll have to wait an extra day. So it's two on Friday, three on Saturday, three on Sunday. So just a reminder for all the footy heads out there to, 
keep an eye out for that. But Ryan, thanks for coming on, mate. You've been great tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No worries. And thanks for everyone for listening. I believe last night's episode got us over 2,500 downloads. So you guys have been great. We've been, you know, like I said, I started this thing. I was happy if 10 people listened and could just get a couple of the guys on and talk some footy. But yeah, you guys have been great. So thanks for listening. Go to the socials at the NRL Rewind on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, We'll start putting some content on there. And again, we're going to start putting out some content. You know, we've got some origin specials coming up, some super coach check-ins and, you know, got a couple of little interesting um, past footy and past NRL ones to look at. So thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.